Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for Sports Talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside a brand new episode of Around the Dial, the very best in sports talk. DA with you and the biggest story in sports talk and the sports universe right now is the soap opera in Pittsburgh surrounding the Steelers and Antonio Brown. Did A.B. quit on the Steelers last week going into a must-win Week 17 scenario? Reportedly, there was an altercation at practice on Wednesday where Antonio Brown was very visibly upset threw a ball reportedly at Ben Roethlisberger, had to be calmed down, and then refused to come back to practice and refused to report to the team over the next two days. He was then held out of Sunday's game. They said with an injury, but that ends up being a lie to cover up what happened with Antonio Brown. So, Ben Roethlisberger, what happened? He joined the Cook and Joe show on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Are you surprised that he didn't play in the game? You know what? He he is such an incredible talent, um, and and I've been blessed to have him as my teammate and and truly a good friend, uh, one of my better friends on the team. So, um, you know, coach made that decision um, right before the game. What happened in practice on Wednesday that set this off? Well, that that's the kind of baffling thing to me is is people are making a big deal about a, a walkthrough on Wednesday that there was a blow up, a fight between he, between he and I. I don't know anything about that. If if there was a blow up or something, I sure as heck didn't see it. Um, you know, it's it, it, this big deal was made about that, and I, I don't, I'm not really sure where that where that comes from. Um, you know, AB and I, I talked to AB on Thursday morning because uh, after after the walkthrough, AB left on Wednesday, and then um, on, on Thursday morning, I, I talked to AB, and, and everything was great and fine. And then, um, you know, this story just keeps growing. So, uh, like I said, I consider AB one of my closest friends on the team. So, I'm not really sure why. Um, or where some of this blow-up is coming from. So you felt like everything was okay as of Thursday morning, right? Absolutely. He and I talked, and, and um, that, I mean, that's the last time I spoke with him. Um, I've, I've reached out to him numerous times. I've called him, texted him. Um, I know other guys on the team have too, and, and haven't heard back from him. But Thursday morning, he and I talked, and there was there was no issue. So I'm not, I'm not really sure. What, in your mind, Ben, could have set him off? That was when the juju announcement of Team MVP uh, was made. I, I, I'm trying to find a reason here. Would that what would set him off for him to skip the rest of the work week? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I can't speak for for AB. Um, you know, we we were trying to prepare. I was trying to prepare myself um, to go out and win a football game against Cincinnati. So I, I honestly, I can't I can't speak for 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 him and, and his mindset. And then he doesn't show up the rest of the week. What were you thinking then? Um, not really sure because I had heard some mixed things about um, a knee, and then uh, he w- wasn't really there f- to get the opportunity to, to speak to him. Like I said, I, I reached out to him numerous times, called, texted, uh, and tried to, to talk to him to find out, <clears throat> excuse me, Ron, what was going on, and, and, and just hadn't heard back. So I, I really couldn't get any answers for you. 
for, for me. Ben, how is this going to play in the locker room? And I, I, the Post-Gazette guys, Dulac and Bouchette, quoted uh, one guy saying it, the whole thing was embarrassing and the other, another guy saying it's the worst I've seen uh, in an organization. I, I got to wonder, how does he come back into that locker room? Yeah, you know, I, t- each guy's got to answer that question on their own. Um, like I said, I, I, I'm blessed to play with him, and, and I consider him one of my closer friends, obviously Pouncey and Ramon, but A.B. and I have been together for a long time, and I, I owe so much of my success to him. And so um, I consider him a really close friend on the team. And um, each guy has to, like I said, answer that question. And I know guys are frustrated. I think, I think the biggest thing is, is, is I know some of the guys that I've talked to just they're trying to reach out to him. They haven't heard back. So I think that's what's frustrating to a lot of guys. The smoking gun to Antonio Brown is Mike Tomlin's Wednesday press conference being asked, did A.B. quit on you guys? And him saying you can call it what you want to call it. That tells you he viewed it as quitting. And Ben Roethlisberger is not completely devoid of responsibility on this season being a debacle. Roethlisberger threw some bad passes. He threw the interception of the goal line to get to the Denver Broncos. He also openly kind of created waves by calling out wide receivers. He has done that in the past. So I don't think Roethlisberger gets a free pass here. But I'll tell you this. Antonio Brown going AWOL. Week 17 in a must-win situation because he was upset about Juju Smith maybe being voted the team MVP or not getting enough love or something like that. There's too many incidents where A.B. has shown poor judgment to allow him to get the benefit of the doubt in a scenario like this. So everybody is talking about Antonio Brown, and could the Steelers move on from him? The problem is there's a $21 million cap hit. And that's the issue. If you trade him away, you still get penalized $21 million. You know, for Ben Roethlisberger to say that A.B. went silent, that's a really worrisome part of this. So if you trade for A.B., are you going to get that temperamental guy who decides to reach out and connect with you when he wants to, even if it's week 17 of the NFL season and you need to win to get into the playoffs? Jerry Rice is the greatest wide receiver ever and one of the greatest players ever, perhaps the GOAT of GOAT, the greatest football player ever to live. He joined Joe Lowe and Dibs at 95-7 the game in San Francisco and discussed Antonio Brown and perhaps the Niners could be interested if the Steelers were willing to trade him. Would he be good for this team? You, you know, Antonio Brown, and I have – I have talked to this guy many times, and uh, you know I was very surprised by by that. There's a lot going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. I, maybe sure. it has to do with Big Ben, uh, Mike Tomlin, but uh, right now there's uh, something that's going on in that locker room. And I think Antonio Brown is an exceptional receiver, and we saw what Khalil Mack, what he did for the Chicago Bears. You know, you got George Kittle already. You bring in a player like, uh, you know, say Antonio Brown or OBJ, uh, Odell Beckham. And, uh, you know, it can take that offense to a whole different level. So I know from, for one thing, with uh, Antonio Brown, he's the complete player. And uh, he's going to bring everything to the football field. He's a team player. And he's going to go out. He's going to work his butt off. But right now, there's something happening in Pittsburgh. But I think he would be a great 
addition to the San Francisco 49ers. Jerry Rice with us here on 95.7 The Game. Antonio Brown recently spent what is reported to be about $20,000 on a ring, 6.5 carats, 1,000 diamonds in the shape of a goat. Jerry, he's claiming through this diamond ring that he is the greatest of all time. Uh, mm. Oh, mm. oh okay, okay, okay. Jay. Hey, look, ain't nothing wrong with having confidence. Guys, you know, uh, there's a lot of goats out there right now. And, you know, it's, it's great for the fans to say, hey, you're the greatest of all time. Uh, I think Antonio Brown, he went and got this ring and just to say, hey, look, you know, hey, here I am. I got confidence in myself. And if you're going to, you know, put that uniform on me, are you going to put me on that football field? Uh, I am uh, the greatest of all time. So I don't don't have a problem with that, but I'm I'm sure eventually he's probably going to send that to me uh, in the mail. Nice. (laughs) Look, I love Jerry Rice, but did he just call Antonio Brown a, quote, team player? He's a team player. Nice. (laughs) A team player? He quit on the team going into week 17. He wouldn't return phone calls. He left the practice facility. Reportedly, Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, called up Mike Tomlin to tell him whether Antonio Brown was willing to play Week 17. And Tomlin said that's not how this works. He's a team player. Team player, Jerry? That's not exactly the words I would use to describe Antonio Brown. To the Niners? Well, that's interesting because we know Jimmy Garoppolo, when healthy, can be dynamic. You obviously have found yourself a great young tight end. To add a weapon of Antonio Brown's magnitude to that offense would really help out a young quarterback. But again, with a $21 million penalty to the Steelers by trading him, I don't see A.B. going anywhere. In Philadelphia, there's one story and one story only. The quarterback. Going into this weekend's game, wildcard weekend against the Chicago Bears, Nick Foles is going to get the start. However, Carson Wentz is active. And he might be in play if the Eagles get past the Bears. I mean, Wentz is clearly dinged up. He's obviously injured, and he'll have to have surgery on this likely in the offseason. But for now, hypothetically, I suppose he could play. Let's listen in on the WIP Morning Show. This is the single most interesting quarterback situation we have ever encountered. Mm-hmm. True or false? Oh, yeah. This is weird. It's insane. That might be in any team ever. I don't know. I, I, you got a guy, franchise quarterback. You're in love with the kid. Mm-hmm. The whole city loves the kid. But you got another guy that comes in and wins Super Bowls for you and the biggest games. Mm-hmm. One guy, four and one in the regular season. The other guy, five and six. Mm-hmm. One guy, obviously, at the current moment, fairly healthy. Rib issues, but healthy enough to play. Right. The other guy, uh, vertebrae issue. Is he healthy enough to play? If he isn't, why? If he is, then why is he on the? I don't understand why he's on the IR. That's what I'm trying to why say. Why is not on why the? Why is he not on the, on the uh, IR and out for the year mm. if he can't play? Mm. And well, let's start with that issue because there's a lot going on there, and we got to get to the bottom of it. All right, let's start with this. Uh, I'm going to go back a month. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson is suddenly announcing that uh, Wentz is no longer available. We didn't know this. He right. played the whole previous game yeah, against yep. the Cowboys. The we game. had no idea anything was wrong. And then Doug Peterson came out and made this announcement. He has a stress injury that uh, this thing has evolved over time. Don't want to put a timetable on it, but uh, it could be, it could be, you know, uh, three months. 
Okay, then you just put a timetable on. Could be three months. He's your franchise. Three months. Am I putting him out there, House? No. Makes no sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. Makes no sense. At this point, I got to go with the other guy who just won me a Super Bowl. Let's see if he can do something special again. Correct. Then you hold up a roster spot. Now, the, the thing is, then he went on and the backup did something incredibly special. He beat the Rams in L.A. He beat Houston here. Yeah. He beat the Redskins on the road. He got the break he needed with the Vikings and the Bears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And voila, against all odds, the Philadelphia Eagles are in the playoffs. All right? So now the question becomes, what are you going to do? Let's move to Monday. Last time Doug Peterson spoke, Ruben Frank is grilling him now on exactly who, you know, the, the pecking order. Who's the starter? Who's the backup? What's going on? Here's Rube with uh, Doug. Is it fair to say or safe to say that Nick's going to be a quarterback as, as long as you win? For this week. I mean, is there any scenario where... There's no guarantee we're going to win this game. I understand. I'm just saying if, you know... Yeah, I'll evaluate next Monday. Hollis, <clears throat> help me. Really, uh, Nick is, he will not commit beyond the current game. What's going on? What's he saying? He's, he's not his, saying he's, a thing other than uh, on Sunday, Nick is starting the game. He's saying it's a quarterback controversy still. He is saying <laughs> that. All right, then wait. Then let's go to the next question. All right, well, then if Nick is starting, who's the backup? You do have two quarterbacks who are active, right? They right. have selected Wentz to remain active. Who's the backup? Let's see what he said. And so just to confirm, is Nate Sudfield the, the number two on Sunday? Has it right now. As of right now, mm. Monday morning. Ah, work with me here. Yeah. Monday morning. Uh, first of all, if Sudfeld was locked in as the backup, when you say, yes, he's the backup, he just said, yes, Foles is the starter. Yeah. Yep. As of right now means what? Means that they didn't even know about Foles at that point, right? Had they not done. No, they, he, he had announced no. that Foles was playing. Yeah, but. He how... announced Foles was playing. Yeah. We knew Foles was the starter. Yeah. They said is Sudfeld the backup. Right. The answer was as of right now. Yeah, I think they have to see how Foles feels through the week. Well, is it the most interesting quarterback situation ever? This is the single most interesting quarterback situation we have ever encountered. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it qualifies as ever, but certainly it's one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a Lombardi-starved city like Philadelphia who loves the Eagles and finally gets the franchise quarterback, and he looks like an MVP, and then he gets injured. So Nick Foles comes in, and Foles, in a Cinderella fashion, wins the Super Bowl, becomes an overnight sensation, an icon, a civic hero. Wentz goes down again this year, and Foles picks up where he left off. I mean, if Nick Foles wins a couple of playoff games, I don't even think he has to win the Super Bowl. And it's going to be hard for the Eagles to not, I think give him a shot at being the starter next year. I'll tell you this. It might not be the most interesting quarterback situation ever yet, but if Foles won another Super Bowl, yeah, at that point it is. But I still think Montana versus Young, Farr versus Rodgers still tops it. But for now, it's up there. And if he wins another one, yeah, it's in that conversation. The NFL coaching carousel continues to turn. And there's eight teams without head coaches right now, which means if anybody would like to be a candidate, please raise your hand. Oh, would Brian Kelly care to be a candidate? An interesting name popped up on Wednesday as Mully and Haw discussed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers perhaps being interested in giving 
all of the responsibility in the front office to the Notre Dame head coach. Let's go over to 670, the score in Chicago, and listen in. Notre Dame is made aware of this this morning. It's all happened very fast. So would Brian Kelly leave Notre Dame for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Now, that's a really interesting question. question. I don't know the answer to that. Would you? Well, look, Brian Kelly's 57 years old. He's been at Notre Dame nine years. They just got beat by Clemson 30-3. to Very difficult to win a national championship at Notre Dame, as he's found out now the second time at this, at this level. I think that if you are concerned about your ability to win a national title at Notre Dame and you're at the stage of his career where he's accomplished so much in college football, yes, I would be very intrigued by the possibility and the opportunity to be the head coach and have control of the 53-man roster in the NFL, whether it's the Buccaneers or whoever else may come and ask him. This is not the first time he's been approached by an NFL team that we are aware of. Obviously, in 2013, after the 2012 season, he interviewed with the Philadelphia Eagles. Did not get that job. We feel like I'm aware of other opportunities, at least third parties have been approached in the past since then, to talk about Brian Kelly and his you know, interest level in the NFL. People close to him say that he's always been intrigued by that. That's a, that is a, you know, a goal of his. I mean, I always was under the impression that the NFL was coaching destination, that anybody that was involved in coaching, the best coaches, the best league is the NFL. And I, I always felt that college, the college game and the, and the pro game were very different, and, and you couldn't be the ball coach and make it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They, they, it was a different job. There were different things. But it's a now, lot to ask. But now I think it's changed. I think because the of rule the game, changes. Because of the, the, the schemes? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that would appeal to me if I'm the Buccaneers is that you know, they have Jameis Winston, who's That's coming it. back next year in That's 2019. It. He's going to make $20 million a year. Right. You've got to get through to him. Now, Dirk Cutter was thought to be that guy because that's why they got rid of Lovey Smith, if that's you remember, right. because he couldn't reach or couldn't find a way to get the most out of Jameis Well, Winston. they were going to lose Kirk Cutter, and they didn't want to lose him. They'd rather lose Lovey, so they gave him Lovey's job to get him to stay because they thought right. he could put healing hands on the court. So let's look at Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly has a, a reputation for being a, an offensive coach. He's got a, a reputation for being a guy that is not afraid to use tough love to get the most out of his quarterback. He's a guy that has the stature of being a CEO-type coach of a national program. These are all things that would be very appealing to the, to the Glazers. This is, I mean, look, Brian Kelly is an easy guy for a lot of us to, to maybe criticize bits and pieces of the way that he's approached certain games and maybe seasons have been disappointing. But overall, you look at his resume. This is a very highly successful football coach. This is a guy who knows how to get the most out of a quarterback. This is an offensive-minded guy that is getting hired in the NFL. He's not 37, he's 57. That, to me, almost says that experience is working in his favor. If they're willing to pay as high as $10 million a year to get a guy to run the football operations and to be your head coach on Sundays, that tells me there's a lot of confidence in the industry that Brian Kelly is a legitimate difference maker. Man, are you really willing to give Brian Kelly a college head coach all of the personnel decisions and power at an NFL team. You know, if you're Brian Kelly and you get that opportunity, I think you probably have to take it. It's so rare in today's NFL that owners are willing to give the GM and head coaching duties to one guy. Look, I also think 
at Notre Dame, what we saw in the playoff game against Clemson is that they're not at that level, and they're not going to be at that level. Every time Notre Dame plays an elite college football program in a playoff, in a national championship game like against Alabama a couple of years ago, over the last 15 years, they have gotten smashed, whether it's LSU, go down the list. When they have played elite competition in college football in Fiesta Bowls or Sugar Bowls or playoff games, they've gotten crushed. It's because they can't compete at that level. So if Brian Kelly understands that, which I think he does, he probably doesn't mind the idea of going to the NFL because the ceiling might be what we see right now on Notre Dame. Now, the Irish beat Michigan earlier this season. That's probably the best win for Notre Dame. For Michigan, a lot of question marks this offseason surrounding Jim Harbaugh. He's got the headlines, but doesn't have the wins, especially against his rivals. The guys on 97 won the ticket in Detroit laid out exactly what Harbaugh and the Wolverines need to do to be considered a success in 2019. What a depressing ending to our football season. You know, Michigan, I, I mean, I know Rieger said it was totally meaningless. Well, it and, became meaningless. But it became meaningful, meaningful because we did say blowout, people would react. That's right. So they ended their season disappointing again. What does Jim Harbaugh have to do next season to get you off his back? Uh, very easy for me. Two, two things. Number one, get out of the mid-80s offensively. Just change your offense. You have great skill players. Use them. The fact that the DPJ and Black and Collins were on the field together just for three plays is an absolute disgrace. So that's number one. Revamp the offense. And number two, uh, Jamie uses this expression, TCOB. TCOB, take care of business at home. You have all your tough games are at home this year, next year. Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State. You take care of home field. Everything else will take care of itself. Well, I got two things. Number one, beat the Buckeyes. Urban Meyer is gone. Prove you can beat Ryan Day. Get the heck out of this. So beat the Buckeyes is number one. Then go to Indy. And I think if you beat the Buckeyes, you probably end up going to Indy. Michigan continues to not be able to win a stinking big game. And... Jim Harbaugh's career here in Ann Arbor, to me, is disappointing because he can beat teams he should beat, but he can't beat teams that you wonder about. So just please beat the Buckeyes and go to Indy. I don't even care if you win in Indy. Mine are even higher. You must appear in the playoff. End of story with that schedule. The schedule favors everything to get there. And with the Ohio State situation, with the coaching change, you get them at home. You should have one loss maximum, and that should get you in the playoff. End of story. Seems pretty simple. Beat the Buckeyes. Beat the Buckeyes. Number one, beat the Buckeyes. Beat the Buckeyes. Hey, Urban Meyer had your number. Urban Meyer ate your lunch. And the guys are right. He's got to beat Ohio State now that Urban Meyer left. If Harbaugh is around... For that game in November, the end of the season in 2019, and he doesn't beat Ohio State with Ryan Day as the head coach, it is pure embarrassment for Harbaugh. And finally, in the NBA, one of the most disappointing teams of the year has been the Washington Wizards. They are nine games under 500, 14 and 23, and they're fifth worst in the Eastern Conference. So it looks like a non-playoff season for the Wizards. And the story this year has been injuries upon injuries. Here's Scott Brooks, the head coach of the Wizards, on with the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. 
be honest, did you cry a few tears into your beer over the John Wall news that he has to undergo season-ending heel surgery and won't be available to the team the rest of the year? Did you shed a tear? Uh, yes, that to myself, yes, I did. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was not that was not good news, but you know you got you got to. You got to move on. He's as tough as they come, and he's tried to fight through it all year, and it just had to had to happen. So, when was when was it during the during the season that you knew that it was really bothering him? Well, you know, throughout the season, I mean, he's he's been able to battle it, battle through it, and as you guys know, more more than I, he's battled through everything. He's played through a broken hand in the playoffs. He's, he he fights through everything, and he doesn't let anybody know. I mean, I, I have to. Pull, pull teeth to get anything out of him. You know, and he always said, I'm good, I'm good, coach. I'm good, I'm good. Uh-huh. But, you know, I, I know how he plays, and he didn't play up, up to his level. And But he gave everything he had because he knew it was important for the team. And there were some games that he's been able to manage it and play well, and there was games that he didn't play well. But he, he wanted to continue to play and fight through it. But, you know, it, he's doing what's the best for him, and, you know, we all have to – uh, we wish I wish him, you know, hopefully everything goes well. It's going to happen. I think it's January uh, 8th. And, you know, he's like I said, he's as tough as they come. And I knew I knew it was it was serious when he was um, willing to sit down and practice and sit down in games. Coach Brooks, I saw one of your pressers within the past week and you just touched on it a minute ago. Your job description, you basically said your job description hasn't changed despite the John Wall injury news. You still have to go out and try to win games. You have to, you know, trot out the guys who are still there available to you. Your job description has not changed. Just some of your lineup has with Wall being out. Well, it's definitely going into the season. You know, we, you know, with Dwight Howard going to miss, you know, a big portion of the season, if not all. Uh, now John is going to miss all the season. It's, you know, it's it's definitely changes. But it also gives myself and our team opportunities to grow, and and you know sometimes when things are things aren't the way you thought it would be, something something jumps out at you. And last year it was Thomas Sadaransky. You know you never know who it's going to be this year. The guys are going to give, be given uh, different roles, and uh, and I feel confident, and they're going to play well. You know we've you know we we definitely have had a a tough start to the year, but you know nobody feels sorry for us. We got to go out there and compete. You know, if I would have told you at the start of the year that, you know, at the halfway point, we're almost to the halfway point, that you guys would be nine games under five hundred, you probably would have laughed in my face. Um, absolutely. I would have never never have thought this. But you no, know, going into the season, you know, we have obviously have, have um had uh, high expectations and, and we still do. We still you know, we're still gonna fight and give ourselves uh, every opportunity to make the playoffs and it's definitely going to be tough, but we're going to we're going to fight through it. Brooks saying, "I would have never thought this could happen." I would have never never thought this. I don't think many of us did think it could be this bad, but let's face it: the Wizards always had a chemistry that was doubtful, that was a bit I would be skeptical, let's say, of because it never felt like whether it was Beal and Wall and Porter and whoever else that they were always on the same page. It always seemed like they were at each other's throats or didn't really love playing with one another. And now once you add injuries, add a Dwight Howard into the mix, it kind of felt like it was too combustible to survive this, and it's not surviving this. So it's a long season in D.C. for its football team. And how'd the meeting go? I was released, so 
You were released by the Redskins. Yeah. A long season in D.C. for its basketball team. Be honest. Did you cry a few tears into your beer over the John Wall news that he has to undergo season-ending heel surgery and won't be available to the team the rest of the year? Did you shed a tear? Uh, Yes. To myself, yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps the hockey team once again can save that city from its sports misery. That is the very best of your Sports Talk Radio for Wednesday, January 2nd, 2019. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in Sports Talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.